0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one sessions in English and in French, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and our website can be found at lifecoachdanamzalag.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our ninth episode of season eight, a very special guest, an author and coach, Rick Ornelas, and uh, just like every of my past episode, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves, as no one can do a better job. Rick, the floor is yours, my friend.
1: Well, first off, thank you very much for happy having me on the happiness journey, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. And yeah, I mean, you you introduced me great. I, I am a, I'm an author, ultimate success coach. I'm the founder of spark Change, and I I work with. Um, well, with people in all different types of of industries, but mainly I help them get clarity and guidance so they can expand their business and so they can spread positive change around the world and have social impact. And uh, and that's really what we're all about with iSpark Change and everything that I'm focused on.
0: Beautiful. So tell me exactly, as you know, the happiness journey is um, basically your own personal journey to becoming who you are today. So can you tell us, can you tell the listeners what brought you to become a coach, what what was your own set of challenges that brought you to where you are today?
1: Well, Dan, it, it's, it's been a journey. <laughs> and I, I like to say, you know, like if you equate it to the, the hero's journey, I mean, we, we all have um, a journey that has lots of, lots of this, you know, it has lots of peaks and valleys and the highs and the lows. And, and my journey is, is no different in that regard. Um, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> it really took a, it took a big turn a couple years ago, but, you know, prior to that, I mean, I, I grew up as the youngest of five uh, with four older sisters. So only, only male, you know, me and my father and a very disciplined household, one where family and our faith was, was very strong and very important in our education. And so for me, that meant, you know, that meant studying, going to university, getting out in the working world. And I started my my career really in, in the corporate world in sales and then management. And then and then I got into training. And once I got into to training and development, I really found a passion for that. And after you know, leaving corporate and, and going to the um, startup world and working in the startup world for a few years, that's where um, I uh, Learned quite a bit, um, you know, increased my knowledge around growing a business and and how to really help others and hone my skills. And there was a lot of a lot of um, developments um, there over those years. And in that time, that's where in 2015, I decided to take all that and, and start start coaching um, to start my own after we had, as I said, those those highs and lows, we had taken uh, one startup and we had grown it you know, really quickly in the span of less than two years. And then it all came crashing down. Um, And on that up and down journey, that's where um, I said, hey, I want to I want to coach others and help them along the way so they don't have these challenges. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I started doing at the end of 2015. And things were sailing along. I was working with different businesses, mainly in the healthcare space, because I'd worked in that in that area. And then 2020 hit. Yes. And then when 2020 hit, things you know changed for everybody. everybody. And when they changed for me, it meant that my business slowed way down. I lost a lot of clients. People asked if they could put their services on hold or if they could you know decrease their services. And so I, I quickly found myself in, in March of, uh, of 2020 with little to no revenue coming in from my business, getting very fearful, very anxious, not knowing what the future was going to hold and that was a very uncomfortable place for me because like a lot of people i would try to have some control over my life and kind of that illusion that we have control and and then when that was all taken away after going to that anxious place for a few months i realized that i was in a much better place than than many others that you know i was taking on the wrong mentality of, of, you know, kind of woe is me mentality when there was people that were dying, there were people that were suffering, there was a lot of these other issues going on in the world and and that I needed to be grateful for, you know, everything I had. And once I changed my mindset around that, I, I decided to write and I, I wrote a blog about using the the time as an opportunity to grow and learn. And, and then I, I took my own advice and I started writing a book that had been in my head for 20 years that I hadn't i never written or, you know, not more than a page. And, and I wrote that book in, um, started in April. of so yeah, almost exactly two years ago to the day. And, and I started in the beginning of April writing and going down that journey. And in that time, that's where I really went through a lot of changes in myself. Um, I connected spiritually and, and really, um, evolved as an individual to where I had a deeper understanding of what was important in my life and, and what I wanted, what would be fulfilling and, and what my purpose really was to, to help others and help inspire and impact others. And, and so then I, I created, I spark change. I, I finished my book. I created I spark change as organization to elevate social impact and spread positive change. And, and that's what I've been on the journey of since then is, on growing I-Spark Change, building that community, um, helping others. And it's really put me on the, that path to, to a better place. That path to happiness is, is finding, you know, not realizing what my true purpose was all those years. And, you know, getting to this point in my life where I, I feel like I'm doing the work I'm supposed to be doing, like I'm in the right place and on the right path.
0: So do you think that happiness is a choice or a feeling for you?
1: Wow. That's an awesome question. I'd say it's both, honestly. And, and what I mean by that is that I think we all have, I think we can all choose happiness in any situation. So to use my story as an example, when, when COVID hit initially, I wasn't happy with the situation. And once I made a commitment that, hey, I'm going to be happy about the time. I'm going to enjoy the time with my family. I'm going to do things, you know, like we redid our backyard and, you know, I'm going to, to write my book, which had been, you know, I didn't never had the time for once I made that conscious choice to, to be happy, then I think it's, you know, that's where it becomes more of your, your state of being that you're, you're just, I'm happy all the time and in different situations. And, and even I think, taking that mindset of, of making that choice and having that mindset of happiness, it really breeds more happiness <laughs> that, that because of it, then you start, um, having happiness in different situations that you might not otherwise, uh, found have been happy in, you know, that, that otherwise may have been more challenging and, and that you can still, it's not going to, uh, going to get you down. You know, I, I'm a, I, I I work out a lot. i'm I've been an athlete all my life and and I've had um you know when you get older, you start your body can't do all the things that it, that it used to do. so and, and i've I've done crossFit for eleven years and I've coached CrossFit for seven and and in doing that, it is, can wear wear down the body. So I've had many injuries around that. And in the past, those injuries would really uh, sap the happiness from me because, I'd go work out and just focus on what I couldn't do and focus on the limitations of the injuries and everything. And now, like even, even my, uh, my shoulder past couple months was, was a little twingy. And even then, it's, I, I, it doesn't bother me really at all because I, I've learned to adapt and grow and, and be happy in that situation regardless and get find joy in, in um, doing things differently. So
0: do you think that your own experience when you go and coach other people uh, at, your, uh, you know, at your company and all, um, what kind of like common issues do you see the most that are being shared with you to be able to solve their problems? I mean, I don't know the difference between coach and therapist. is like a world of difference. However, mm-hmm. it does share similarities because the therapist will focus a lot on the past. The coach will be more mindful, focus on the present and allow the client to be able to find solution for themselves. Because like I said, you you cannot always hold someone's hand for the rest of their life. You have to teach them how to think for themselves. So in your practice, what what do you feel are the most common issues of clients that come to you say, hey, this is a problem. How can I solve it?
1: I'd say uh, a couple things really, Dan, it's Oftentimes it's a it's a um, matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. So just like me, having that perspective shift to see, oh, okay, well, I can't do this now a certain way because of my shoulder I can do. So having that that perspective, oftentimes I see in clients that they they have a certain perspective that they it it creates more of that tunnel vision where they they, they don't see the solutions. Like you said, you help them find solutions on their own that they don't necessarily see because their perspective is from a certain vantage point where they're only seeing um, something that comes up as a challenge and not as an opportunity. And so when you can shift that perspective to say, okay, there is some positive in this situation, or I can learn and grow from it. You know, even I, I coach a lot around success and failure and everything. And, and I, I, I'm um, a proponent that failure is the best teacher we have in life. Yes. And for years I wasn't that way for years. I, I didn't want to fail. I mean, mm-hmm. especially in sports and everything you, you don't want to lose. And, and that's where um, it's a lot about that perspective. And then a lot of it really goes into, and and you probably see this in your work, Dan, but a lot of it goes into um, work around their mindset and limiting beliefs yes. and having having the belief that you know i can't do this or i can't do this or i've always been this way when so much of it is is around changing their language and changing those beliefs and and getting them to have you know new beliefs about themselves or new beliefs about their business or what they can accomplish and these are all things that i've had to learn myself as well in in my journey over the years and um those are the two biggest areas that I really see, um, you know, movement upward and in an upward trajectory and, and success when you can get past those other things, you know, a process or a system in the business or, or, or seeing, you know, something from a different perspective around their, how they're dealing with their people or marketing or all those kinds of things. Those come from knowledge and experience that I have that they may not have because they're, they're not as far along on their journey. So you know I've I'm, I'm been down that road, so I can share that. But if they don't have those first couple right, like the perspectives and the, and the, the mindset, then the rest of the stuff doesn't tend to, to work out so well.
0: But then would you agree, um, uh, Rick, that unfortunately for the majority of us, fear is always a component for them to be able to create those limiting beliefs and mm-hmm. to allow to change their mindset because if they're fear of the unknown, and they don't know exactly what may happen by the certain set of action that they take, mm-hmm. how do you divert or how do you reflect that fear into something more positive?
1: Yeah, that that's an um, that is an awesome point, Dan, because that is at the heart of of the limiting belief. You know, most of the time, it it, it is it is fear. And that's where some, you know, someone like you may get into some of their past and to where that actually came from. Uh, But for someone like me, it's focused more uh, on the present and the future, as you said. So it's focused more on, okay, well, what actions can they take that are less fearful, for example? So what, what how can we break something down if if where they want to get seems too scary, too far away, too big, then how can we break that down into the, the tiny habits, the tiny ac- actions that are going to get them to where they want to be? So a simple analogy I'll use is, is people may say, oh, I, I never have time to read. I want to read more. And so it's like, okay, we'll just commit to, to, um, reading a page a day or, or, and then even if they don't do that, just take out the book and open it. You've (laughs) opened it. And then that's probably going to lead to, okay, well, I I opened it. I might as well read something, but, but you go, when you go so small and so granular, it gives you immense clarity in on where I need to go. Because if you're looking at a mountain and they're looking at the top of the mountain, well, to see a path there, it's crazy. But if you say, Oh no, here's, here's a little path. I just need to go one step and the next step and the next step. So that, that really helps with um, with overcoming the fear in the now And then the second part of it, Dan, is really helping them to visualize where they want to be, that goal that they want to accomplish. And then in having the visualization techniques and the mindfulness and the feelings and the associated feelings, and there's different tactics that I'll I'll take them through with journaling and things to to, um, understand that it it is a reality, that they can get there. And then once they have small wins, right, you take those first few steps, you have some wins, then that breeds confidence. And then the fear starts to diminish and the confidence starts to increase. And then you start, you know, accomplishing goal after goal after goal.
0: But it is said that the journey of a thousand miles still starts with the first step,
1: right? Yep.
0: So, that's, yep. so would you say that this is kind of like more of a universal approach to circumvent fear? Because if you give them little tasks to do, little small little steps, then it will not appear to be something that is too overwhelming for them to perform. And that will allow them to build confidence along the way.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, this, this something, this is not anything, you know, earth shattering or, or unique to, to my coaching. I mean, yes, this is someone that anyone, anyone can apply. Even so, an example that a lot of people can relate to, uh, Dan, would be, for example, trying to lose weight. Right there's a lot of people probably listen that they're like oh, I wish I could lose five pounds or ten pounds or twenty, and <clears throat> when I've coached people um, in you know in, in CrossFit in the gym, is that again that goal is too big the twenty pounds or to eat better it, it's so big and when you say hey just come today just come one time and then just show up and then you get them there and like hey we're just going to do this one thing and. And it has, as you, um, and so the, the principles apply to, to really anywhere is that it, it's, you know, anything can be so scary, but, but when it's in small enough doses, the, the, the fear just, it minimizes, um, it minimizes so small. Um, and then, like, as I said, the confidence just grows and grows and grows. And then before you know it, you know, the, the person is, you know, the person that, that couldn't run, uh, 400 meters is running a marathon and, 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 you know, that's what happens. It's just, it's just that, that compounded effect of time, you know, time and, and those tiny actions.
0: Do you think that based on when you, when you were teaching CrossFit, have you seen people that were like, uh, morbidly overweight and then reached their ideal goal, no matter how long it took, but th- do you think that their mindset is different from those who actually feel that no, this is too much for me to accomplish? It's impossible. And for some, the, despite the many hurdles that they have in front of them, they're they're born with a mindset that may change the way that they look at life and their perspective, as you mentioned.
1: I think we're all, I, I think that plays a role, Dan, because I think we're all, we're all a product of our environment and our upbringing and our past, as, as you well know, and you know, the things that have gotten us to this point in life and the things that have developed that mindset and honed it over time. So, yes, we're all going to come to our starting point with different beliefs, with different mindsets, with different attitudes towards any activity that we have. And and to use, you know, your example of of CrossFit in the gym, I've seen people that come where they're at a better starting point. And what I mean by better is I mean they have a mindset that um, is more malleable to, to getting to that point, that end goal. Okay. And then I've seen others that um, they're fighting it more, right? Those limiting beliefs are very strong. They've been ingrained over decades, you know, sometimes, and, and that, um, that does take more work. So the, the biggest, the biggest variable I would say that I've seen um, is that it takes more time and it takes more effort. So, I, be, I firmly believe anyone can get there with the right coaching, the right strategies, you know, the right methods, the right tools. Um, that's why I said like that example, you can have someone that, that can't even walk around the block and they could be running a marathon. It may take, it may be three years from now or four years from now or five, but they can get there if they have the coaching, the strategies, the tools. And, and into that goes the mindset. So the last, the last thing I would say is, The only time I've seen where it's not effective is if someone is completely closed off, if they just completely shut down and they say, I can't do it, I'm never going to do it, it will never happen, And, and then they give up. And then what I've done in those situations is then I help them to find a new goal that's different you know maybe slightly related okay maybe they're like hey i can't run okay well maybe you'll become the best rower in the gym because you can't run so you're going to become the best rower in the gym and they're just like no i can't run my knees are you know hurt whatever let's focus on something else and then you get them some confidence and some wins in another related area and i do the same can do the same thing in business you know just find something if they're they struggle in one area okay well let's get you some success in a different area
0: so uh, my wife loves crossfit okay but But It was known for several years, and tell me if I'm wrong, a lot of people feel intimidated because they always see the coach as being someone very tough with them. Come on, do squats, do a leg, uh, uh, do whatever other exercise, and they're very tough. So they feel intimidated by the uh, aggressiveness of the CrossFit teacher. Has that changed throughout the years? Because all we see is like, no, they're too tough for me. I'm just going to be in something like, uh, like army people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, it did get a bad rap in the past because of that. It, um, and, and early on, so years ago when I was in the corporate world and I was traveling and doing training, I went to CrossFit gyms from all over the, the U S and, and the world. I went to many different CrossFits all over the place. Like, I think like over 40 <laughs> in different, you know, in different States and, and countries, and there's good coaches and there's not so good coaches. And what uh, what I found over the years is that that has diminished. That that you know, kind of old school mentality of you know, you kind of do or die, and it's this way, or or you don't do it at all. That that really is gone. And, and that's I, I don't I don't typically see that anymore. And I mean, where where I coach, we don't we don't do that at all. But um, But we're we're very big on helping people scale and meeting them where they are and modifying the workouts. And and I had someone just last week. So I I only coach, you know, just a few times a month now as a hobby, but I did coach last week. And I had someone that she hadn't been there in about since pre-COVID, like maybe three years. And so she had been coming and then she she got an injury and she stopped coming and then pandemic hit and all that. And then now she said, Hey, she put on a few pounds. She wanted to come back. And, and ironically um, at, at this late class, um, uh, some other people had canceled the weather was bad, whatever. She was the only person there. So it was just, it was just her and I. Oh, okay. And so I, 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 um, I modified things. I, I completely changed the workout to be better suited for her because and honestly, I mean, she was out of shape. Three years, you know, three years of not doing anything, she was she was very out of shape, getting winded very quickly and and stuff. And so I met her where she was, and then we found some things that she could do where she could have some success, get some confidence, not be crazy sore the next day. So then she come want to come back, and then she'll come back. Okay, that wasn't so bad. I can do it. I'll do it again. And then that's not so bad. I do it again. So. Just going back to your original question, I think if you, you know, for everybody, you, you want to find the right coaching, you, you want to find someone that's going to resonate with you and that you're going to connect with. And, um, and I think part of that falls on the, the responsibility of the coach to be able to adapt uh, to the different people that, that cross their path um, to you know, serve them in the best way possible.
0: basically customize every, every training, uh, like regimen, and not really just follow what CrossFit requires. You're going to have to do some modification.
1: Yeah. So you, you follow the general guidelines like of the workout, like we'll have our workout of the day and it may include, you know, burpees and it may include, you know, uh, deadlifts or something, some exercises. But for that individual, we modify it. So maybe they don't they do a, a burpee to a box. And so it's not all the way to the ground or maybe they, you know, they just use the bar, or, you know, you just you modify things. So so they still they're still doing the movement that that functional movement. They're still getting a, um, a good yeah. workout. But it's tailored to, uh, to their, so you don't just give them something totally different that nobody else is doing because you want them to be part of the community too because right. that's, a, that's a part of them feeling that success. That's a part of them saying, hey, I like being here. You know, people are supportive. They want me to be successful. I want them to be successful. You know, that, that, that group accountability is very powerful, right. uh, which is part of why I think it, CrossFit grew you know, over the past you know, decade plus is, is that group accountability in um, community and community um, aspect.
0: So do you feel, um, Rick, that some of your clients, when it comes to the business perspective, they come to you for solutions, but when they come to you for solution, they want to basically delegate the task for you to find a solution instead, instead of them. So do you feel that sometimes responsibilities uh, come upon you that are above and beyond your scope of expertise at this point? Or how do you tell them, look, I'm here to guide you, but you will find a solution, not me.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's very interesting the way uh, that the question, Dan, and early on, when I first started seven, almost seven years ago, I was still figuring out how to be a consultant, how to be a coach. And I I'm gonna call it a mistake, but I made the mistake of doing things for my clients, okay, where they, oh, this is a service. Oh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna build out all your marketing, for example, and do that. And, and I, over the years, you know, in, in the first early couple of years, I realized that that was not an effective way to go. It wasn't beneficial for the client. It wasn't beneficial for me. It took too much time. It, it just was all around not a, a lose-lose situation and and i even even early on my original company the the name was consulting and i changed it to coaching because i i discovered that by coaching others and in essence teaching them how to fish instead of fishing for them was the much better path mm-hmm. and once i made that change you know probably 5 years ago um it i started having a lot more success with clients and now oh, even when I I take a new client on, or even if we're just having a call, seeing if there's the potential that I'm going to work with them, I let them know that very at the beginning. I let them know that, hey, I am going to help you with accountability. I'm going to help you find solutions. I'm going to, yes, I will share knowledge and and expertise that I've acquired along my uh, journey. I think that's the role of of anyone that's been on the path that you're, you should bestow that knowledge to other people to help them on their journey. You know, I mean, you don't want them to fall in the, you know, in the, in the, um, in the holes on the, on the path, you want them to be able to navigate around. And so they don't have to fall in and climb out. And some people still, they, they want to fall in the hole and, and learn on their own. But, but with that, I, I let them know that I will help you, I'll guide you, we'll come to answers, I'll, I'll share knowledge um, so you can um, uh, be better off before it, for it. And then I will um, help you become a better version of yourself. That's what I always tell them, is that you, you're, you've, you're looking for coaching because you wanna improve, and so I wanna help you become the best version of yourself.
0: So basically you, you're teaching them more how to fish so they could feed themselves for life. Yes, exactly. And- so, how can our listeners find you, Rick, when it comes to the services that you provide uh, or the coaching service that you provide, actually?
1: They can just go to our website, which is isparkchange.com. So the letter I and then sparkchange.com, and they'll see about our community there. They'll they'll learn about our social impact work, and then um, and then they can. Uh, fill out a little form to inquire more about coaching and and some of the work we do with businesses around social impact. Um, but it, it all starts with just, just joining the community and, and making that connection. And they can follow us on social media, Change. we're on Instagram, Facebook, and I mean, all those, they can find us there too. And your book? My book is, uh, the title is 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World. Okay. And it is a fictional tale uh, that was inspired Uh, 21 years ago after I was in a major car accident where I rolled a car on the freeway with my family on board and we should have all been killed and and were unharmed. And uh, it's about an angel that is sent down from heaven and he helps uh, 10 people with the biggest challenges they're facing in life. And they learn some lessons along the way.
0: That is very, very deep. Wow, Rick. Well, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast, and I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us. And thank you again, Rick, for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode, and I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season eight of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories, just like the one that you're to today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. There's no use to looking back at yesterday. You're no longer the person you were back then. Every morning, the sun rises. You are a changed person. Change the experience you've had, the lessons that you have learned, and the much love you have received. It's time to move forward and embrace the life that's been given and be grateful for the many blessings that have been bestowed upon you. There'll always be ups and downs, good times and most probably bad, losses and gain. Life is about learning lessons showing love to others in the process, and growing into a beautiful soul you are meant to become. Don't let yesterday rob you from your happiness today. Be mindful and be grateful. Every time the sun rises, it's a new opportunity to make your life the best it can be. Don't be afraid. You are the author of your own destiny. Write it the best way you want. My name is Dr. Dan Amzalag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.